What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing out there on a Wednesday? Today is August 25th. Time for some trending Wednesday. And uh, today, since nothing's trending, nothing's going on in the world of sports, what we're going to do is replay a portion of college football tailgate. And usually we've done this on Fridays. So the last couple of Fridays, we've replayed a portion of that show on Football Friday. Well, this Friday coming up, we've got picks for the weekend. We've got some football things to talk about. So we're moving that to today. So for Trending Wednesday, we're going to play back some college football tailgate. Uh, first things first, special thanks to Better Edge online, Better BetterEdge.com, VIG Free Betting, which works like a, 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 a stock trading marketplace, right? You can buy and sell teams. There's other people who they match you up with. That's how the VIG Free part works. But also, it's fun. You can create a profile. There's tournaments, competitions. You can follow friends. It's really fun with, with Better Edge. So step your betting game up. Make more money. Have more fun with Better Edge online. BetterEdge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Use promo code SHARP for a free $10. And uh, that lets you know we sent you right here on the Sharp Angle podcast. All right, so let's play it back. Uh, this is College Football Tailgate, an SEC preview. So if you're an SEC fan, uh, we talk about uh, winner, you know, conference winners, division winners, dark horses, and player predictions. So let's play that back right now. SEC preview on College Football Tailgate. All right, let's get some SEC breakdown. Yeah. The best conference in college football. It just means more, you guys. It okay, does. They're swallowing all of college football. We they're, they're poisoning trees. That's, they're poisoning yep. people. Shout what out else can Harvey, you ask for? Harvey Updike. Big fan of the show. <laughs> RIP. Um, Easy there, Will. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're so they're so dominant that three other conferences had to team up against them. Yeah. Right, Paul Feinbaum? Um, <laughs> okay, SEC breakdown. Conference winners. Uh, conference winner overall, Tyler. Uh, Alabama. Alabama. How can you not pick the Tide to win the conference? Now, mm. Georgia's going to be so good this year. I love Georgia, but I've been fooled too many times. In the NFL, you don't pick against Belichick. And in college... Except for you, last year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in college, you don't pick against Nicky. Truly, you don't pick against Brady. You don't pick against little Nicky. Actually, that's that's how it goes, yeah. right? You don't pick against Brady. You don't pick against a little Nicky. Yep. So... Uh, I'm going Alabama to win it all, but I love Georgia this year. Okay, yeah, I actually I'm gonna I'm going out on a limb I'm, and I'm picking Georgia, and oh. it's not because I think that Alabama will struggle. Oh. What it comes down to to me is look, a healthy JT Daniels means they're probably going to be favored in every game after Week One against Clemson, hmm. uh, which I also think is winnable for them. They have a great schedule here. They don't have to play Bama. They don't play LSU. They don't play Texas A&M. They don't play Ole Miss from the West. They basically pull only the bad teams from the West. They get Missouri and, and Kentucky at home. I mean, you look at their true SEC road games at Vandy, at Auburn, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech to end the season. Those are all extremely winnable for Georgia. They're three deep at running back. You know, wide receivers may be a bit of a question mark on the offense, but still like a ton of talent there. It's just kind of unproven guys. And then they bring that tight end transfer from LSU, Eric Gilbert, who was a five-star guy. He's really big. So a lot of weapons for JT Daniels. They throw the ball to the running back a lot. Um, you know, look, they lose a lot of starters from uh, the defense from last year, but the guys who replaced them are all like massive big level recruits. They got Darian Kendrick, a five star recruit uh, transfer from Clemson at cornerback who's going to be starting this year. They're loaded on the D line. And the best part is that because of their schedule and the and the offense being so good is that I think that really benefits the defense. They can even lose to Clemson week one, still be playing in the SC championship game. 
And by the end of the year, they aren't new guys anymore. They've got 12 games experience before they play Alabama or whoever comes out of the West. And if it is Alabama, then it's, you know, it really comes down to can Alabama just, uh, or excuse me, can Georgia just pull it off against Alabama in one game in the SEC championship game? And we've seen them do that before. They did it that one year where they beat Alabama, or excuse me, they won the SEC. Alabama made it to the playoff and beat them in the national championship And that's championship the thing. Game. When there's when there's a lot of good SEC teams, you can still kind of, if you're undefeated and lose the championship, yeah. or if you have one loss and win the championship. So there's all the, all these different scenarios. And like you said, with their schedule, it is kind of favorable for them this for year. Sure. They don't draw a lot of these teams from the West. Yeah, and by the way, if they win the SEC, I think you could still see Alabama get in, and you yeah. have two SEC, SEC teams in there. Right. And look, if there's going to be a year, you know, Kirby Smart hasn't done it yet. He hasn't beaten Nick Saban. He hasn't beaten Alabama yet. He's had a few opportunities if there's going to be any year where you look to him and say, this is maybe the year, I think it's this. Alabama, Dude, a lot of new guys on offense. I totally agree. And you said enough about Georgia. But if you also look around the East, the SEC is going to be really good this year. But the West is so packed. And For I know sure. it's usually like that. But hey, guess what? It's it's like that again this year. And you do get a lot of teams who are kind of on the rebuild. Newer coaches, newer offenses, newer systems. Uh, e- even uh, a Kentucky, who I think is going to have an uh, kind of an uptick here there in the For East. Sure they are still sort of not where they need to be as a program if you ask Stoops. Yeah. So Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, losing 25 players to transfer. If you just look around, even Florida, they're going to have to reload a ton. Yeah. The East in general, not going to be as strong as, as usual for Georgia. So you combine the fact with Georgia being so dominant with the East being maybe a tad little bit down, I think they're the clear pick to uh, win the East. And like you said, well, they're kind of your surprise pick to win it all. That's not going, that's not, I, I, I could see it happening. You for know? sure. And this yeah. first game against Clemson is going to show a lot, but that's not a must win game for either no, team. So I think that's a good pick for sure. Yeah, definitely. And look, I, you know, I, I've got Alabama as my uh, West division winner. Although, like you said, the West is going to be way more competitive. Oh yeah. I mean, look, there's not a lot to say that you don't already know about Alabama. Saban just does it year after year, but this year, I do think there is going to be maybe some question marks on offense. You know, you got a new quarterback coming in, Bryce Young. He was like the number one recruit. But dude, this is what it looked like before 2017, For where sure. they were reloading and bringing in all these new pieces in the line. Yep. And these that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me, it's so much less about what these players can do for Alabama and more about what's going on in their heads. Because. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've seen some practices, which you can't tell anything. I've seen some interviews, which you can't tell anything. But Bryce Young doesn't seem to be super locked in and focused. And hmm. again, this could be my total perception. I'm not going to make a bet on this or anything like that. But it just seems from afar like, is he ready to earn it? Like, yeah. did, did, is he ready to you know compete? So to me, that's it. If the answer is yes, then I wouldn't be afraid of, the, of Alabama at all taking care of what they need to with these new players. If the answer is you know no because they've had such success, I mean, look at last year they rolled through everyone. Yep. What was the score in the championship? Like 52-24? Yeah, it was a blowout. Ohio yeah. State. So that to me is how you look at Alabama this year. If they're mentally there, I think they're capable of doing exactly what they did last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me. Actually, it's less about the fact that they only have three starters back because we all, we know that Alabama just reloads talent-wise, but you bring in new coaches. And yes, that hasn't been a problem for Nick Saban and Alabama in the past, but you got Bill O'Brien in his first year as offensive coordinator. You, know, you bring in a new coordinator and you only have three starters back from last year. We don't know how Bill O'Brien's going to look in, in, uh, you know, w- with Nick Saban. We haven't seen him since the one year he had at Penn State. And it was a successful but year. But don't and a you good feel offense. like 
for any coach like Bill O'Brien or Steve Sarkeesian or any of these guys for sure. who's kind of like a loose cannon, that's the perfect... It's like bringing a dog to Caesar, right? Caesar the dog trainer. You, you go and, and you're immediately going to... You know that you're going to get results. For sure. They're not going to... Stock's act, going up. Exactly. They're not going to act out of line. They're going to, you know, kind of get back to being their elite version of themselves. Yeah. So I think it's a great spot for him, and I don't. I think he's going to do fine. Yeah, you're. Look, the the worst case scenario for this with a new offensive coordinator and all these new starters is still like ten and two. Like if they have two yeah. losses, that's a that's a huge disappointment for what we expect out of Alabama. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but it, there is question marks. But look, I mean, the, the, it's still going to be a really powerful offense. I just there's to me there's no way they can match what they did last year with all the guys they're losing. But you have Mechie coming back at wide receiver. You got Slade Bolden. Brian Robinson's going to have a huge year at running back. And this tight end Jaleel Billingsley looks really good. And then one of these guys who I love. Wide receiver Kool Aid McKinstry, great name. <laughs> Shut up. Are you and he, and just last week he announced yep. he's got a sponsorship deal with Kool Aid with the brand no. Kool Aid, and that's just awesome. I, you know what? I actually knew a guy named Kool Aid. I worked uh, uh, for a year at a place with a guy named Kool Aid. So best Kool Aid flavors. Mm. Grape. You got to go watermelon, grape. strawberry, kiwi, soren strawberry lemonade. That's my go-to. Le- lemon lime. Was grape not yeah, one? The or pink, is that pink just lemonade so for me, probably. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. But you know what's crazy about Kool-Aid is that, like, <laughs> why isn't the sugar just mixed in? Because you got to add, isn't like, it? five cups of sugar to every to every <laughs> every pitcher of that. And so you think yeah, the, sugar the sugar was mixed in with the drink. If it was, it'd probably be easier to consume because you're not seeing all the sugar come out of, like, your own thing. It's just kind of in the... If you yeah. add the sugar to it already, now you just have fun dip. <laughs> <laughs> fun dip. That's a really good point, actually. <laughs> man, fun Kool-Aid, dip. Though, I love man. that. Yeah, look, you know, Alabama's my team out of the West, but... Now we should get into our dark horse teams okay, because okay. we're talking about it. the West is going to be so competitive. Yeah, Tyler. exactly. But I, I have a feeling you're going to go Texas A&M as your other team who can make some noise because you're not about LSU this year. Uh, well, I haven't heard you two up on LSU the first couple episodes, no, I, I looked. which is funny because we <laughs> had to get this LSU swag here in the studio because Will was such a fanboy a couple years ago. Oh, man. That and now he sold all their stock. No, that's not true at all. Look, they are actually here on my Dark Horse teams list. Texas A&M is not, but that's because Texas A&M, it really wouldn't be a Dark Horse. They should be considered a favorite coming out of the West right there with Alabama. They can do it this year. They have question marks. You know, they're, they're bringing in a new quarterback. You know, Kellen Mond leaves, and they got some new uh, guys on the offensive line. I think A&M's got, got a ton, ton of, of question marks, man. For sure, yeah. Absolutely, and a tough schedule. And I think that, look... At I, Colorado, week two, that's not easy at altitude. And maybe I'm looking at this from a... a point of view of a CU fan, but I'm hoping A&M may be a little down, a little young. You know, that's a losable game in altitude. But aside from that, there's so many new faces on this team and everyone is putting stock in. Oh, well, I know Jimbo Fisher's having to reload, but he's had great class after great class after great class. I understand that, but these guys haven't played that much. And I look through their roster, everyone who's going to be getting time, they're freshmen, they're sophomores, they don't have that much experience. So I think everyone's so high on A&M. There's other teams in the West that I believe have a better shot. Now, A&M's starting the season ranked you know, one of the higher teams, yep. but I do have my question marks about Texas A&M. Now, let's be clear here. They're a very good team, right? They're loaded. They're elite. Yeah, but are top they, 10 team. Exactly, but are they as good as you know maybe the second team in the West or a team who could compete with Alabama? I would actually bring LSU into the mix before that. Interesting. I mean, look, I think that 
that Texas A&M might have one, like maybe the best defense in the country this year. They're bringing back nine starters from a defense that was already totally dominant last year. But the questions are on offense. Whenever you have a new quarterback, I think the guy that's going to start is like a sophomore, and there's a freshman that's competing. And so that's a big deal. The new offensive lineman is a big deal. They have a ton of talent. Like you said, they've been recruiting like monsters. But, I mean, their schedule is, is – it's not as tough as it has been, but it's still a really tough schedule. You know, it's, uh, that, that Colorado game is a trap for sure. And then their SEC schedule – you know, look, they got to go at Missouri, at Mississippi, at LSU, and so that's tough. But they get Alabama at home. They get Auburn at home. Uh, you know, the, the, they get Mississippi State at home. So the schedule is workable for them. But, you know, is it enough to go over the top? Because they're going to have to go 11-1 and probably in order to beat Eleven one with a win against Bama in order to win the SEC West. Right, exactly. So that's the thing too is you have to factor in what other teams are going to be doing. And like we said in the East, where teams may be struggling, so it's yeah. going to be easier for Georgia to get to the top. I'm just not so sure that, you know, it's not going to be a dogfight here in the West. Yeah. So A&M, obviously one of those teams who could, you know, right be right there. But as I said, I have question marks and we'll, we'll see. They, they could be volatile. And I think they could, we said this again last week, but they could go undefeated. They could have three or four losses, depending on what they happens. They could be in early. the playoff and it wouldn't be a surprise at all. Yeah. But those young players are going to have to show up early. Yeah. Uh, LSU. My whole thing about LSU is the coaching staff is put together to succeed. You know, they know exactly what they're trying to do. These players, they're bringing back 18 starters. Now think about that. Last year, we should have probably assumed the worst for LSU. They brought back five starters from that national championship wow, team. Yeah. And, and, and they, they were reloading on the staff. They started, remember that game against Mississippi State where everyone thought that was... Mike uh, Leach's uh, p- that, party? That, that was LSU, that was, was week right? one, yeah. Was, and Mississippi State LSU? torched them. And, and all of a sudden, thought, everyone thought like, oh. That was a Mississippi State thing. Yeah. That wasn't Mike Leach. That wasn't Mississippi State. That was more LSU than anything. For and sure. we learned that through the season. But those guys fought. They worked their asses off. They learned the system. They're all coming back pretty much. Like I said, 18 starters are back this year. The staff knows them well. They're ready to succeed. And it's not just 18 starters. It's 18 high-quality starters. Matter of fact, Phil Steele has what he calls his all-conference points. What he does is ranks teams based on how many all-conference players they're either losing or returning. Okay? LSU is one of the best teams in the Power Five. They're they're number one in the SEC bringing these players back. They have so much talent that if you're an LSU fan, you're going to be seeing a lot of your players drafted this year for sure. early in the NFL draft. And it's not just offense, it's defensive. And I think LSU is going to, by far, have the best special teams in the SEC. They're going to have the best kick returner, best punt returner, best kicker, and maybe not the best punter because Georgia, Tennessee have really good punters. But I'm telling you what, special teams, which matters you know, oh, in yeah. terms of field position, they're going to be elite. So I think LSU was really interesting this year. And... Uh, the current line at UCLA week one is currently is three and a half. Yeah. And I, I'm liking LSU at three and a half. If it goes to three, I'm I'm loving it. But I know you're kind of leaning at UCLA and yeah. I agree UCLA is going to be point. improved let's this year. Let's just make it. Let's just do three and a half right now. Come on. What do you mean three right now? No, three and a half. Well, I just want to see if the market gets to three. <laughs> you know, you locked me in at Boise at four and that's moving. So I want to make sure LSU right. gets to three. But either way, I'm so excited about LSU this year. And it's funny that I say that because to me, they're sort of like a, a, a bully of college football, right? So why would I be excited about them? But I do like Coach O. I think that they're ready to kind of surprise people. And again, it's funny saying that for LSU, but watch out, man. I think there's if there's one team who's going to, quote, surprise people and potentially take Alabama out and win the West, I got LSU. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, uh, I'm not down on LSU 
you know, that 2019 year, I had, LSU was always a team I kind of rooted for as far as just within the SEC. Um, but that 2019 year did kind of make me a little bit of a fan of Coach O and, the, and that team. And uh, I love watching those games in Death Valley. It's That's like right towards the top of my list as far as games where, you know, I want to go and see a game. There's a night game in Death Valley. And I'm not down on this year. It's just for me, the schedule is really tough. At UCLA is not a gimme, right? They're going to be favored, but at UCLA week one, that's not a gimme. But I look at Coach O's success on the road, especially against Pac-12 teams. They're, hmm. they're, they're really good. I, I can pull up the numbers here quickly, but... Um, they're very good, and especially against the spread. I think the eight and four against the spread, you know, something like ten and two overall. So they do well against uh, Pac twelve teams on the road. They've they played that many games against the Pac twelve uh, on the road. Let me, let me look it up because you know, look, I, I think they played a lot of Pac twelve teams in bowl games. I know that they've played Wisconsin before. They've played, um, you know, I think they might have had a game against. Okay, so here it is. Uh, LSU has opened up against the Pac twelve uh, foe four times since two thousand four, winning all four. And then head coach Ed Orgeron is fifteen and seven straight up. 14 and 6 on the road during his time at LSU. So just not on the road not Pac-12 okay. just on the road. Sorry about that. So yeah. uh uh yeah, so 15 and 7, 14 and 6 on the road. You know, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal them going the the whole time zone thing. And here's the here's the thing. When you're looking at external factors like time zone or if you got a team like Hawaii yeah. or other things, week 1 is where it's going to have the least impact because you got time to plan for it, time to prep. If it's in the middle of the season and you got to deal with Hawaii, or if you're Hawaii traveling somewhere, that's a much bigger deal than For week sure. one where you can do it before. So yeah, definitely. Uh, keep that in mind. But yeah. I mean, look, yeah. The, in the UCLA game, you know, look, that's a tough one on their schedule, but it's not consequential for them in the SEC, right? But, it's a but, non-conference game. But that is a win or bust. If the LSU indicator. doesn't win that game, For their sure. season is done. And you can't say that about many teams, but they have high aspirations, as they should this year. I yeah. mean, so no, you lose to UCLA, your season is done. Interesting. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, just their SEC road games are tough. They have to go at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, at Bama. You know, they, they do get Auburn, Florida, Arkansas, and Texas A&M at home, but that's a tough schedule. They pull some tough teams from the West, having to play both, you know, Kentucky and uh, Arkansas, that you know, that's tough. Um, you know, they play Florida too. I I just think I see a couple slip slip ups here. I think they're going to improve. You know, but to me, you know, you said the coaching staff. Th- there's basically two ways to look at this with the new coordinators they brought in. They bring in two new coordinators. They bring in Jake Peets, and this guy worked under Joe Brady, right? So he's trying to bring back that offense from 2019 that won the national championship. Durante Jones, the defensive coordinator, he worked under Dave Aranda once again. He's trying to to bring things back to where they were that 2019 year. And that can only go two ways. It's going to look great. Like, hey, we're going back to what worked. Or if it doesn't go well, it's going to look desperate. And I think people are going to slam Coach O for that to say, well, you just, you're more focused on the system than bringing in the best guy. Now, look, I'm sure these guys you know, have a lot of clout and clearly they're, they're good at their job. But to me, it you know it can look bad if things don't go well. It's going to look, hey, you're just trying so hard to make things like 2019. 100%. I mean, it's all the results. If they win, this is all okay. If not, they're going to find a lot of excuses, and that yeah. certainly could be one of them. But yeah, I mean, this year is going to be... There's a lot of pressure this For sure. year. A ton of pressure. Them, so. I think I just see him going... Nine, three, eight, and four this year. I don't think I see him winning ten games just just by the nature of the schedule. And you know, you lose Miles Brennan uh, for the first few weeks of the season at least. He's got surgery, and now I get it that the uh, the replacement uh, Max Johnson he played a lot last year too. So it's not so much that you're bringing in a totally fresh new guy. Both those quarterbacks had to play last year, but Miles Brennan was probably going to be the guy that they wanted starting, and he's not going to be starting at least at the beginning of the year. So there's just a lot of question marks, but they're going to be fun to watch, but and they're that's probably going to have a look, couple upsets. That I don't. That's not a big deal. The the quarterback situation again. 
If that happened middle of the season, it's a big deal. They've had now several weeks to iron the offense out. Same thing's happening with uh, University of Colorado. There was a quarterback battle, didn't know who they're going to go to. Right. There are, you never wish, injury on anyone in any sport or any situation. But there are some positives when you know it's going to be the guy. Yeah. And even though LSU had named you know, whoever was a starter, Miles Brennan, yeah. it's okay. I mean, the, it's not like you know uh, Johnson's going to be so bad. You know, he he's going to be able to fill in for sure or, or come in, and I think he's going to be a lot better than people think. Just because he wasn't the starter at LSU, he's had plenty of time to get used to the to the guys around him. They're all rallying around. Him. Remember how I said I wanted to hear what's coming out of camp, how yeah. he looks. It's all positive so far. So yeah, I sure. think it's all good things for LSU. Okay, um, but there's other teams in the West. Ole Miss. I mean, we've talked about how much we love Lane Kiffin this year, and it's funny because new coaches last couple of years. A lot of their progress with these teams, it was sort of halted because of COVID. And Lane Kiffin's got this weird, complex kind of offense. It's it, it's it's quirky, and, and the team's learning it. They're bringing back, I think, what, 17 starters this season. Yep. And so, you know, Ole Miss is one of those teams where if you haven't been paying attention, they're going to come out of the gates hot. I like them their first couple, couple games, and uh, I like Ole Miss a lot this year. I love Lane Kiffin, and uh, look for Ole Miss to make some noise. I agree. They're actually my favorite dark horse team if it's not going to be Bama to me it is Ole Miss even more so than LSU the offense is loaded they're bringing back eight guys they were scoring a ton last year to begin with and the defense was you know what was the problem last year but you know now it's the second year and DJ Durkin and uh and uh the co-offensive coordinator from Michigan I'm blanking on his name uh he was my guy I love him um but you know now it's the second year of that system they're bringing back you know a bunch uh nine starters on the defense so you you expect improvement from them you know, Matt Corral, I think if he stays healthy and cuts down on some interceptions, he could be in Heisman contention with that system. You know, Lane Kiffin's system is just really beneficial for quarterbacks. They do lose Elijah Moore and I think you pronounce it Yabo, the two top receivers from last year. But like, you know, this to me, it's more about the system. It's really no matter what you put in there, as long as you have talent, the receivers are going to do well. And look, I think they're going to be three and zero heading into their bye yeah. before they come, and that bye comes right before the game at Alabama. And we saw how they almost beat Alabama at home last year. I don't know if they'll beat them this year, but let's say they if they can pull an upset there, past that game, it's really winnable. They're at Tennessee, at Auburn, at Mississippi State for their road games, and then they get Arkansas, LSU, Texas A and M, and Liberty all at home. But those are not easy games. But to me, they're winnable. I think they'll be in all those games just by the nature of them having such a big offense, and if the defense improves. You know, I think that I don't think they will go eleven and one, but to me, it's possible. And if they do, and they can knock off Alabama, they could re- represent the West. You did breeze through their last game of the season against their cross state foes, State. Mississippi State Egg Bowl. Okay, now I want to be careful on this show because, like Iowa State, right? I'm, 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 I want to pump the brakes on Matt Campbell. Everyone looks at him as the second coming. The guy can turn, you know, water to wine, all that stuff. Which, why wouldn't you want that ability? <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I just like, I want to say, like, pump the brakes occasionally. I think Iowa State's going to be good this year. Just let's watch out on Matt Campbell being, you know, Nick Saban 2.0. Same thing with Mississippi State. I think they're going to be good, but this is my bowl or bust team in the SEC. It's Mississippi State. I could see them getting six wins, but they're going to have to fight for it. And for an offense that over the last year and a half, has learned Mike Leach's system, this could be kind of a more surprise type of team because I think a lot of people do kind of forget 
that Mike Leach had zero spring practices. And those yeah. players did not buy in. It was a toxic locker room. I think he had 20, left. 20 players left, but that's not always a bad thing for that situation. Look, for Tennessee, it's a bad thing because there's all kinds of scandals, all kinds of stuff in the air. They're giving players money in McDonald's, McDonald's bags. bags. <laughs> but this was more of a Mike Leach came in with more a my way or the highway attitude. The guys who didn't like it left and the guys who stayed bought in. So I look at it as a positive. They're now all kind of stronger, tighter. They brought in a lot of transfers, got some good young receivers, and they've learned this offense. I think Will Rogers could really make some noise this year. Not the whole Heisman candidate, anything like that, but obviously if they're going to have a season, he's going to have to have a good season himself. So... I think Mississippi State is my bull. Well, I know they're my bowler bus team. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to get a chance to bet on them against you for a while because week one, they got Louisiana Tech. That's going to be like a 20 point line. Yep. Uh, NC State is next. Who you love. You're love. high on. I'm high on NC State, you know, real high, real high on NC State. And He's then uh, Memphis uh, on the road. That's pr- they're probably going to be you know favored by a lot there, so we'll see. I'm probably not going to have an opportunity here on the show to bet mm-hmm. on them, unfortunately. We'll but I might just bet against them blindly. Just because <laughs> I love Mississippi State, <laughs> I like Mike Leach. I think he's underrated. I don't want to be irrational. I don't want to get on this whole thing where I'm just always backing him up because uh, you know I don't want to have a little sticky thing. But I do believe he's such an underrated head coach. Look where he's coaching his career: Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. These are not the blue bloods of college football. And he's done a really good job. I think he's always exceeded expectations. So Fair enough. I mean, counterpoint to that would be why hasn't he gotten a job at a bigger program if he's such a great coach? You know, some guys just like the small town life, you know, <laughs> small town living. He definitely likes the small town life. Mm-hmm. But it's because I think the bigger colleges won't invest in that kind of a gimmicky offense. They don't want to see their offense look like that. Like if you're Michigan, you don't want – like remember when Denard was quarterback and things were just weird under Rich Rod? Yeah. It, Boy, do I. It was such a strange <laughs> – but it wasn't just the fact they weren't winning – it's that it was Michigan. It looked weird when yeah, they did that, and it was this. Sure. So, that's not what Michigan's supposed to look like. So I think that's that's honestly part of it. Yeah, like some absolutely. of these ads don't want to. It's a visual if, thing. Exactly. If they're going to lose, they want to lose a certain way. There's an old saying: uh, if you're going to buy stock, you don't get fired for buying IBM. You know that that means they're not going to get on. They're not going to criticize you for doing what everyone thinks you should do. If you step right. outside the box, hire a gimmicky coach, and lose, now you may get fired as an ad. So. Yeah, true that. Uh, Smitty, what do you got for the SEC? Uh, I had I had Old Miss as well for my dark horse. Sorry, um, and then um, you know for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I, I just don't think I can pick against Bama as far as conference winner. But yeah, yeah and then I, Georgia in the East. Right? Yeah, like absolutely. It's be Georgia. Yeah, Georgia definitely coming out of the East, and then you know I could definitely see. I don't know. You guys raised a lot of good points with AM. I would like to see. I, I've, I've always, for whatever reasons, kind of been a team that I've always liked, but I have zero connection to. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I'd like to see uh, them succeed in, in there in Aggie land. But, um, Except for in Denver. Mm-hmm. Except for in Denver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's non conference games. I you guys are going to that game, right? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take Bam as my conference winner. Okay. Fair enough. Look, I mean, I, I think we kind of all agree that there's not really. A, a strong chance of a dark horse coming out of the West. Now, Florida, you could kind of consider a dark horse, but they lose so much on offense that I just think that the likelihood of them getting past Georgia to win the West is pretty slim. I right. really like Dan Mullen. I think that he's going to have a good offense regardless. But, I mean, you talk about all the production they lose from last year. I think it's just a tall order for the Gators to get you know past 
past Georgia with what Georgia yeah, for has sure. bringing back. But if there's one team, I wouldn't really call them a dark horse team. It's almost more of like a chaos team oh. out of the West. It's Missouri. Look, Eli Drinkowitz, he only had three spring practices last year with his new team, and he went out and had a really interesting year. You know, they beat LSU uh, and Kentucky. Those were both major upsets. They beat Arkansas, another tough team. Uh, I like his play calling. You know, he's an offensive guy. He had that one year at Appalachian State before he came to Missouri where he did really well. He's the play caller. He brings in Steve Wilkes, that defensive coordinator. He's got a lot of NFL experience. And look, I think they're just going to be a fun team to watch, and they're going to be a team to me – that is just kind of like what Arkansas was last year where a lot of people are going to doubt them and they're probably going to cover a lot of spreads and they're probably going to knock off a couple teams in upsets. I could see them beating you know, uh, Florida this year. I could see them you know, having a really tough showing against a team like Kentucky, teams that you just expect to be better in the West. They get Texas A&M at home, Florida at home, Tennessee at home. You know, those are t- maybe they knock off Texas A&M with a big upset. You know, they do have some tough road games. They're at Boston College for non-conference, at Georgia, at Arkansas, but they don't have to play Alabama. They don't have to play LSU. They don't have to play Ole Miss. So they're just kind of a team to keep an eye on. I don't expect them to win the West. I don't expect them to beat Georgia. You know, uh, but I think they're a team that could definitely finish second in the West and maybe surprise some people by being better than Florida. No, that's or sorry. Uh, the East, I mean. Yeah, I was going to say me. in the East, but but look, I mean, for Missouri, I don't have as many things to say as you did. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, but their schedule does line up nice because before a lot of their tougher games, they have, you know, I, I you never want to say games easy, but before A and M, they've got North Texas. You know, before uh, they have to go on the road to Boston College, they've got Southeast Missouri State. You know, before. Uh, Florida, they got South Carolina. Before Georgia, they got Vanderbilt. So yep. before a lot of their tougher games, they do kind of have, you know, which sometimes those are, you can get caught. It's yeah. a look-ahead situation, yep. right? But yeah. uh, I do think if they don't get caught looking ahead, the, the schedule is more favorable for Missouri. So Yeah, and look, I Eli Drinkowitz is one of these guys that will, will uh, he's got a great name, right? As Tyler takes a drink. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a guy that's going to garner fans just by his his persona and the way that he re, uh, the way that he interacts with the media. You know, he had a really funny uh, time at SEC Media Days this year. You know, uh, he was joking about how uh, he was questioning whether the horns down is going to be a 15-yard penalty in the SEC if Texas joins, saying things like that. You know, he's, uh, you know, to me, he's a he's a funny guy. I think he's going to draw a lot of attention. He's going to end up turning a lot of people that maybe wouldn't normally be Missouri fans into Missouri fans. And so they're just going to be a fun team to watch this year. We got to get Drinkwitz hooked up with, who's our other water sponsor? Kool-Aid? The cool. Kool-Aid guy? Is that a water sponsor? Well, I meant oh, drink yeah. sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kool-Aid. Drinkowitz. Uh, so Kool-Aid and Drinkowitz got to do some kind of joint sponsorship. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I, like I mean, to me, I'd, I'd go full alcoholic with a name. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> go Kool-Aid. I'd go for an alcoholic drink instead. Okay. If you got a name like Drinkowitz, I'd be well, like... What if you partner up with Conor McGregor? For you know, the uh, proper 12. Proper 12? Yeah. I mean, those guys have pretty well, different personas. What are you fucking talking about, eh? But I mean, I don't know. If, what do you think the the people in the South feel about Conor McGregor? You know, I don't think he's that well Their number liked one guy anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. He's <laughs> I think he's very uh, uh, polarizing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people in Ireland certainly love him. But. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of do a Conor Conor McGregor. What are you fucking talking about? Hey, I want to knock you out with my lift, huh? Sounds like Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a God, little bit leprechauny more well, than... But Brian Kelly backs it up with getting dubs. Who the fuck is that guy? Oh, that's, that's actually see, not bad. That yeah, was pretty see, good, Will. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is this Eli Drankowitz? Um, I think what's happening is Will the less, is challenging the less me <laughs> to a impression off. <laughs> well, that's why the best impressions are always like one to three word impressions. Yeah, yeah I should have kept is it that what's just happening the first here, line. Will? 
Are you uh, challenging me to an impression off? I mean, we might have to make that a game for the future, but I mean, uh, right now, game. just off the top of the dome, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think the listeners mm-hmm. have suffered enough with b- both of our impressions. <laughs> um, yeah, look, okay, favorite storylines for, for the rest of the SEC? Yes. I love Arkansas. Last year, they were they were a spread darling. Every year or every week, it was like they were covering spreads. They had some upsets. They got screwed in a couple games. You know, they, they shouldn't have lost Auburn, but they did because of a bullshit call. They're just a tough team with Sam Pittman. They are bringing a new quarterback, so it's not going to be the Florida transfer anymore. You know, they got this new guy, KJ Jefferson. So I'm interested to see them, how they play this year. They're not going to be a team that's going to be competing for the SEC. But to me, they're just, they're going to be a team that if you're a sports gambler, you got to watch them against the spread because especially early in the year before they start to kind of garner some some reputation for being a, a spread darling, I think they're going to be a team that's, that's fun to bet on and, and the, the games are fun to watch. So that's one of my favorite storylines. Tyler's not going to like this. Mm. Mike Leach on the hot seat. I don't. If he doesn't have a good year this year, if it goes like it did last year, I think there's a chance he could be fired after well, week two. What does two. that mean? What if they go six and six? That's not a great year. Look, if they go six and six, they maybe have such a tough schedule I, for sure. But I could see them going four and eight or five and seven, and then I think you're talking about are that will they fire him? You know. But they've got an easier schedule than this season. Things things loosen up for sure. Louisiana Tech, uh, Memphis. Memphis is tough. That's a tough Ten- American team. Tennessee State. Kentucky's going to be that revenge game. They played terrible against Kentucky last year on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, Vandy. I think they can get. To it's like I said earlier, six wins is going to be tough, but I think they can get to six. I think he's just starting the year off on the hot seat just by he how gets, things went last year. He Maybe get another year to get this system in. I mean, I hope so. Look, guys, I, just started practicing. This it's year. really not that I'm rooting against him. It's just you know, I I, I think that uh, I think that when you have the kind of personality that he has, it's great when things are going well and everyone loves you, and when things aren't going well, it hurts you. And so I think in the SEC, those schools expect to win and they're not going to you know they're not going to take it very well if it if it's another bad year so that's another one we talked about it a couple weeks ago we made a bet board about it with brian harson the new coach at auburn uh i said i don't think he'll be there after three years he won't be coaching after a fourth year so i'm interested to see how he does with bo nix you know look bo nix i haven't been the biggest fan of him i think that he he you know he turns the ball over a lot he's not super accurate he kind of had some funny offseason quotes this year comparing himself to Jesus uh, <laughs> based off all the, the criticism he's gotten. Probably not the smartest move in the world. you know. And, and I just, I'm interested to see how Auburn plays this year. It's a really tough schedule. We know how it is in the SEC West. And to me, you know, I, I, I just want to see what Brian Harson brings to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, that's really going to be cool. I mean, uh, Boise coaches have had success. Brocko Mendenhall, um, yeah. who I think is you know going to have a good season. Um, Wait, or, or, no, no, yeah, he, he was at uh, BYU, not Boise. You're thinking of Chris Peterson, and then uh, the the other uh, Boise State head coach, the big one before yeah. that was went to Colorado, Hawkins, Hawkins, yeah. yeah, oh Hawkins, he had a great career. No, I am thinking of Chris Peterson, <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, I think that he's going to do a good job. I don't know about this season necessarily, but they got a tough schedule, and he does have a good roster. Bo Nix, I think, could he just needs to be honed in. You got to rein sure. him in a little bit. A lot you of can't talent. Let him make, make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. But no, I think Auburn could surprise people. I mean, again, they've got the roster for it. They, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm much higher on Brian Harson than you are. Okay, I like enough. him. I think he's going to be there. But that's why we made the bet board game and. I've got him there longer than four years. Any other uh, storylines from the SEC? That you're yeah, in? I think it's going to be cool to watch. Or cool <laughs> for us from afar. Uh, Tennessee this year—they lost so many players. Most sure. in uh, the group of, or in uh, Power Five 
25 players transferring away. And as we said, some teams, that's not a good sign. Some teams, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. For Tennessee, it's terrible. They're completely hitting the reset button. So my whole thing is, can they keep this on the tracks this year? Are they, is it going to crash and burn? Yeah. Or can Tennessee find some way to, to get some wins and make things happen? And like I said, that second team... In the East is going to be really interesting to me. You know, For it's sure. going to be Florida, Kentucky. I think it, I mentioned that briefly earlier. Definitely. I think Kentucky could be that team to kind of break through the season and have, you know, get some of those wins. And if there are going to be a couple wins to be eaten up, you know, those mid-level wins against Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, maybe not Vandy, but, you know, maybe Tennessee. I think Kentucky could be the team to kind of get those wins, collect those wins. And, For sure. Um, I'm not sure if they have all of them on their schedule, but you know what I'm saying? With those kind of mid-level conference wins, Kentucky could be the team to get those. So Yeah, I love Kentucky. Yeah, besides that, you know, not a whole lot for storylines. I mean, Mark Stoops done a great job there. They got the new quarterback transfer from Penn State, Will Levis, who's going to be the starter. And talk about two massive tr- uh, transfers for them. They get, uh, what do we got? Oh. Beep boop. Um, they, got, they got Will Levis, the quarterback transfer from Penn State. They're bringing in a wide receiver transfer from Nebraska. He was the number one uh, wide receiver target, Wandale Robinson. He was massive for Nebraska. He leaves, and they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. So Kentucky, the last few years under Mark Stoops, been a really tough defense, and they've been like a grinded out, run the ball offense that really hasn't been exciting. They bring in this new offensive coordinator that's been with the Los Angeles Rams with, uh, who's the Los Angeles Rams? Mike, uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay, thank you. And it's an exciting offense. It's not like spread them out, but it's like this, you know, they run that uh, that zone read, uh, or excuse me, uh, zone uh, option. Zone. Read it's like where they run the, the zone to the edge. A lot of what, what, what zone blocking. Excuse mm-hmm. me. It's a zone blocking scheme. I think with Will Levis and the new the new you know uh, guys in on the offense. I think Kentucky actually could score some points this year, and they're going to have a good defense. So, like you said, you know they're going to be a team to watch. Wouldn't be that surprised if they were to you know if if things go bad for Georgia and they pull an upset and they actually win the East. I mean, that would be quite an achievement, a little over the top. I mean, I don't necessarily have, I think I see that happening, right? but I think they could be one of those teams. Like we said, if they get those wins, things go the right way. Kentucky could be the kind of dark horse team that no one's talking about. For so. sure. How about uh, exciting players you're uh, looking to watch? Oh, Will. William. Will. Not you, Will. <laughs> We're talking Will Rogers. Ooh. The quarterback for uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, probably going to throw like 50 touchdowns. Well, in the if first couple weeks, well. <laughs> yes, I think so. Uh, Bryce Young, of course, Alabama. Yep. I want to keep my eye on him. Like I said earlier, see if he's ready to go. I mean, I think again the whole everything I said about the interviews and what I've seen, uh, you have to kind of assume Nick Saban's going to have them ready no matter what. For but sure. I will be interested to see what Bryce Young looks like. Uh, running backs, Damian Pierce uh, for Florida. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, Kevin Harris, South Carolina. We haven't talked much Gamecocks, but if, if they do have a big year, I think Kevin Harris will uh, will uh, put up some, some yards. Uh, Javante Dayton, uh, the, the uh, receiver for Tennessee. If there's one player, again, Tennessee could crash and burn this year. They could you know, win some games, but if they do have uh, success, Javante Dayton, I think, is uh, going to be that player. Uh, Dontario Drummond for Ole Miss. Again, receiver who's going to, you know, I think, have a good year. And last... Middle linebacker for Vanderbilt. He's probably going to get drafted. One of the better defenders in the SEC. Anfernee Orgy. Mm. Okay. Orgy? 
Uh, it's O-R-J-I. Mm. And I wanted to go to you, Will, because you are the house orgy expert. <laughs> oh, how, boy. Am I? How do you pronounce the... Oh, yeah. That's why you're always wearing the silk robes. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you had a mustache you, last none year. None of this is true. What else are you supposed to do with those fluid <laughs> hips? <laughs> yeah, those oily <laughs> hips, Will. Anthony Oji, middle linebacker Vandy. So Okay. I like it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Derek Stingley, the corner at LSU. They got two really good corners there. Uh, Emery Jones, what's he going to be like at Florida with... Uh, with uh, you know, he, he's replacing uh, Kyle Trask, right? And Dan Mullen does a really good job with quarterbacks. He could have a huge year. I mentioned Wondell Robinson at Kentucky, and then Tennessee. It sounds like Joe Milton might be the starter at, at uh, quarterback for Tennessee with Josh Heupel. He's a guy that transferred from Michigan, a guy I was kind of rooting for. Um, and so, you know, what what is that Tennessee offense going to look like? So, those are my players there. There you go. All right, hope you enjoyed that. Once again, that was College Football Tailgate. Listen every week uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. It's same. It's uh, part of the same podcast network that to this show's on. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Whatever you have going on today or tonight, good luck. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle Podcast.